0: Welcome to the Making Fitness Funner podcast with your host, exercise physiologist and donut lover, William Mitchell. Hello and welcome to the Making Fitness Funner podcast. I'm your host, William Mitchell. Last week, we looked at the idea that breakfast, as you've heard for most of your life, is the most important meal of the day. And I just wondered, is it really the most important meal of the day or is that something, a really good slogan meant to sell you more cereal from the cereal companies. Anyway, if you're interested in the answer to that question, listen to last week's podcast. This week, we have another question submitted by a listener. And it started out as a very easy question. And the more research I did, the more involved it got. So it has evolved to at least a two-week answer, if not more than a two-week answer, because I'm still doing research on it. I just uh, realized that I had way more than 10 minutes worth of material. So, let's get to it. The problem was that they eat well during the day. They have reasonable portion sizes. They eat a fairly balanced dinner and then go to bed. But they wake up in the middle of the night starving. And also, because you're waking up in the middle of the night, you have a lower um, self-control, so when you did that, they'd wake up in the middle of the night and binge out and undo all of the caloric restriction they had done during the day because they ate you know hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of calories in the middle of the night. So their question was, is it that my blood sugar is dropping and that's what's causing me to get so hungry, or what's causing this, and if so, what can I do about it? So I thought that was a pretty simple thing to look at. Let's do a quick overview of what happens right after you eat. Your food starts being digested. It's digested a little bit in the mouth. Your protein gets digested in the stomach. Then it's passed on to the small intestine where it's digested and absorbed. Now, some foods are digested and absorbed more quickly than others. And when it comes to carbohydrates, those would be high glycemic index foods. And we could do a whole episode on high and low glycemic index foods. But the bottom line is they digest faster. They put carbohydrates into your bloodstream faster. Lower GI foods do that slower. Now, protein and fats, they digest at uh, slower rates, and they also slow the absorption of the carbohydrates. A high GI or glycemic index food, those are your processed things, your sugars, your starches, your your white flours, Um, potatoes do fall into that category. I know potatoes aren't highly processed, but mainly your highly processed foods. Your low GI foods are mainly the vegetables and the whole grains, the things that everybody says you need to keep eating. So regardless of that, they just knew that it hit your bloodstream faster. But for years, I mean, many, many years, it is thought that only that anybody that wasn't a diabetic Your body was so good at maintaining homeostasis or internal environment that your blood glucose level was very stable. And it was really hard to check blood glucose um, back 40 years ago. There, There were very limited ways to check it. Now you can have a continuous glucose monitor and that will tell you what your blood glucose level is just about every minute of the day. So, in 2007, they did a study and found out that in most people, in most healthy people, your glucose spiked after a meal and then slowly returned back to normal after about four hours. And then you would eat again after about four hours and it would go back up. The peak took place just about an hour after you ate. Now, if you ate a high a meal that was high in higher glycemic index foods... Then your spike was higher, faster, and shorter. Now, the shorter is a key thing here. Also, your post-spike generally had a blood glucose low, and we'll explain why you had a blood glucose low, but a blood glucose low could trigger extreme hunger. Now, this is because whenever you your blood glucose goes up, the about, your body produces insulin. Now, insulin is a hormone That I'm going to simplify it. It basically opens up the little doors in the cell to let the sugar go in. It's like a key to uh, open the door. Unfortunately, the keyhole, which is a GLUT4 receptor, stays underneath the cell membrane where the insulin has difficulty getting to it until you need it. So if you start being active, your cells need sugar. It will push the keyhole out to where the key can get into it. It exposes those receptors and makes you much more insulin receptive. So if you are not don't have a lot of those receptors to get the blood sugar out, your body keeps making more and more insulin. Now, two things that go wrong with that is, one, insulin, if it can't get into the cells, it will store the sugar as fat. The other thing is, insulin does not break down instantly after it's not needed. It takes a while for it to clear the bloodstream. So if you have a short-lived insulin or glucose spike, you've got the extra insulin there. The glucose gets out of the system because it got in fast and gets out fast. Once it's gone, you've got the extra insulin, so it keeps taking the glucose out of your bloodstream. Well though you're already down to normal level, so you start digging a hole and you get to a low glucose level, which can cause the extreme hunger. Now a way you can prevent this is Something as simple as a 15-minute walk right after you eat will lower that blood glucose spike because it makes your insulin more effective so you don't produce as much insulin and you have less of a chance of having that spike. It will lower your glucose spike sometimes by as much as 50%. To make matters a little more complicated, a 2018 study from Stanford University found that there were three basic glucotypes. and a, The low glucotype which they experience very little amount of spike and amount of drop of their blood sugar, the moderate and the extreme. Now, some in the extreme group, about one in 10 in the general population, regularly hit blood glucose levels of 200 milligrams per deciliter, which is the um, the threshold for being a diabetic, even though they are not diabetic. And some people think, well, let's just cut out our carbs altogether. Let's go on an extremely low carb diet. However, low glucose levels and low insulin levels have been shown to increase the production of the hunger hormone. This is where it gets a little more complicated. Diets high in protein and good carbs decrease the production of hunger hormones and if you want to know about what we call good carbs and bad carbs and the the good proteins I have a series of podcasts of 7 through 10 are about your general nutrition nutrition and I'll probably go over that again soon high fat meals do not necessarily affect the ghrelin levels which is your hunger hormone however it does slow down the absorption of the uh, carbohydrates. So it keeps you from having as big of a blood glucose spike. And if you have less of a bl- blood glucose spike, you produce less insulin or you produce insulin for a longer period of time and not as much at any one period of time. So you don't have as much of a chance of that big dip in blood glucose close levels, which would cause the extreme hunger. So I was ready to wrap it up and say, so what do you do? You get a quality protein and carb diet with about 10% of the calories from fat, do a little bit of exercising, especially right after a meal. And then I started looking at um, evidence for what's called chronobiology. And it seems to matter almost as much when you eat as what you eat. It definitely matters how much you eat. But when you eat the food, if you're going to eat a certain number of calories, it makes a big difference when you eat them as well as what you eat. So I thought, well, that's a good program for next week. And also, we need to look at, are you actually eating enough calories? Because you can send yourself into too much of a caloric deficit. So we're going to look at those uh, topics, but it looks like we're about out of time now. So the first thing to keep in mind for this is you need to eat a balanced diet with quality protein, quality, good carbohydrates, not the super sweet sugar bombs, and you need to eat about 10% of your calories from fat to prevent the glucose spikes and then the glucose dips. That is one thing that will help cut down on your hunger. And next week, we'll look at when you should eat this and see if we can help you make your fitness just a little bit funner. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If I've said anything that you thought was enjoyable or worth sharing... Please refer this to a friend so that they can have more fun in their fitness journey. Also, please remember to subscribe and like the podcast. As always, I'd like to thank One Accord for the bumper music and Paul Sink for the great intro work. And I hope you'll join us next week as we try to make fitness funner.